This is the Green Student Ministries High School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. We are committed to our students being known, knowing Jesus, and becoming kingdom workers. We hope this podcast serves to encourage, challenge, and to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is Green Student Ministries. Go ahead and grab a seat. And hey, welcome again to After Hours. It is so good to be back together. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I have been so excited for this. As we were planning and and preparing and trying to figure out what it's going to look like, um, and we landed on Sunday nights like this, uh, I just got so excited to think that we would be meeting together again, that we'd be coming together again. And so, like, continue to, to, to show up, continue to invest in your friendships and to invite them to be a part of what's happening here. Um, if they're just even looking for community, say, hey, come check this out first Sunday of the month at 6 o'clock. And so thank you guys for being here. Um, we are going to start tonight a, a series that we're going to take over the next four times that we meet together um, called Disappointed. Um, and I think as we look at our lives right now and over the last six months, we found a lot of places where we've been disappointed in our lives. But the thing I love is I truly believe that God's word has something for us in every season of life and specifically right now. And so if you have a Bible, I hope you do, go ahead and open it up to the book of Genesis chapter 37. Um, And we're going to be looking at the life of, of a guy named Joseph. Um, and, and, and Joseph is, is one of these guys, if you were raised up in the church and you went through children's church or Sunday school or whatever that is, you were probably very familiar with Joseph. Um, but if you're not, that's all right. We're going to explain who he is and, and why he's important and, and, and why he was um, chosen by God in the ways that he was. And so we're going to jump in. And so this is uh, Genesis chapter 37, verse 28. It says this. It says, then, the, then Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him up out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Let's pray. Father God, uh, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for all that you have done to lead us to this this night, that we get to meet together, that we get to, that we get to experience you through your word, that we get to sing out to you and, and, and worship you through song. And, and so, Father, it's my prayer that tonight we would just continue to do that, that this would be the beginning of something new, um, that we get to do something, um, hopefully, that we've been doing for a long time, and that is just to continue to be in community with you. And so, Father, um, be with us this evening. Father, help us to see um, what you are calling us to do as we get into your word and as we um, read about what you want us to know. God, thanks for who you are. Thanks for your love. Thank you for Jesus that makes all this possible. It's in his name we pray. Amen. When I was in high school, I had really a handful of goals, but there was one goal specifically that I had created. Um, Mind you, I had an older sister. So my sister Ashley is two years older than me. She was two years um, ahead in school. And so my, one of my big goals heading into high school was to just do a little bit better than she did. Like whatever she did, that was my new benchmark to beat that goal. And one of the things that my sister, um, I don't know if she still feels this to this day, um, I don't know if she even knows this, um, but one of the things that she wanted to do is she wanted to graduate with an honors diploma. 
and uh, she had fallen just short of that. I think she got late, started late into her goal, and so I was like, well, if she wanted to do that, now that's my new goal. And so I was like, I didn't even know that this had existed at the time, that there was an honors diploma. And the really cool thing about it is when you open up your diploma, all it is is just a little golden sticker that says honors. There's nothing that separates everyone else's diploma from the honors diploma. But that my sister had missed out on it, and so now I knew that that was the goal that I wanted to do. And so I realized from that there was a lot of different things that I do, but the one thing specifically I remember is I had to take three years of Spanish and I did not like Spanish, and I just kind of stumbled my way through it. Um, and I ended up graduating. I actually asked Emily um, to pull out my diploma to bring it, but I forgot it tonight, and so I'm sorry for that. Um, but I actually ended up finishing um, and earning an honors diploma. Uh, and, and, and what I did then is I used that against my sister on a regular basis. I was like, hey, I don't know about you. Like when I walked, I was like, hey, see these, hey, sis, see these gold cords? Honors diploma. Sorry you didn't have one. Like I remember, it, uh, you know, she was just frustrated with me. And really what this was in me was my goals and the way that I lived a certain aspect of my life, like was out of a sense of pride. Like my goal was to just do a little bit better than her so that maybe my parents would look at me a little bit different, or so that I could always hang that overhead and say, hey, sis, look what I did. It was funny, a couple of years ago, as I was cleaning out um, my room, my mom was like, hey, you need to clean out your room. We need to turn it into something else. And so um, I remember I, took, I, I had my honors cords, and I threw them away. Like, it meant nothing to me. Because really, as I look back, the only reason that I pursued that was so that I could have one step up on my sister, so that I could have something inside of me that says, at the end of the day, sis, I did a little bit better than you. And what I've realized since then, and I think I really saw it then, but I didn't want to recognize it, is that I was really prideful in a lot of ways. And students, I think that if you examine your lives, we really begin to realize that all of us have some sort of pride that we're dealing with. And I think it's the same for Joseph as well. Like as we get into God's word, and I think we see from God's word what we need to do when we find ourselves in moments and in seasons and in situations where our pride begins to well up in us and it takes over. And so let's jump back in. This is Genesis 37. We're actually going to work through all of it tonight. And so um, as we read through it, read along. It'll be on the side screens if you forgot uh, a Bible or don't have something to read along. So let's follow along. So this is Genesis chapter 37. We're going to start at the top of it. It says, Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers he was a boy with the sons of Bilhal and, uh, and Zilpah and his, fa the, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to them, to their father. Now Israel, that's uh, his dad, Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. And so for right here, off the bat, we're introduced to, to Joseph, and we realize that he's the favorite child. 
Now, you may look at your family and say, yeah, I know who my parents' favorite child is. Like, I'm the baby, it's me, guys. Like, just, just relax. Or you may, you may feel like your parents have a favorite child. I can tell you from experience, we have three children. We've got Finley, five, Colden, four, and Judah, our redhead, who's two. None of them are our favorite. One of the things I love to do is I'll, I'll call them over. I'll be like, hey, Finley, come here. You want to know a secret? I'll be like, you're my favorite. And the thing that she says, she goes, Dad, everybody knows that. I love it. And I'll call Colden over, and I'll be like, hey, buddy, I just want you to know you're my favorite. And then when I'm tucking Judah in at night, and uh, he's, he's cranky, I'll, I'll hug him, and I'll be like, hey, buddy, you're my favorite. Because quite frankly, I don't have a favorite child. But as we look at Joseph's story, it's clear dad has a favorite, and it's him. So much that his dad makes him this, 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 this coat that's colorful, and it's like when he walks around, it pretty much says favorite child. And so we have Joseph here, and the cool thing about Joseph is, you know, Joseph, we can trace him all the way back to Adam. You know, God created Adam and Eve in, in, in the, the beginning of Genesis, uh, in creation. And so we have Adam, and then there's some generations and some sons and some fathers, and then we have Noah, Noah in the ark. Then Noah has a son. They get off the ark, and his son Shem, we have generations, sons, and fathers. And then we get to a guy named Abram, who God renamed Abraham, who made a promise with him that he would be the father of many nations, that he would have more, more descendants than the stars in the sky. And so he's, he, 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 in his old age, when he thinks it's not possible, Isaac hits the ground. He is born to Abraham. And then Isaac fathers Jacob, who's renamed Israel by God, and that's the father of Joseph. And so we can trace him all the way back to Adam. And so as we work through this, like, that's the thing I love about God's word. Like, if you're critical, if you're in here, you're going, how do I know if this thing is reliable? Like, one of the things is there has been incredible, incredible factual things that have come out of this, but also there's, like, genealogies of generation after generation of generation in these accounts. And so we have Joseph here, and he was absolutely number one. Everybody knew it, and it says in there that his brothers hated him for it. So I don't know if you feel like you're the favorite child or you feel like you're the least favorite child. Maybe you're an only child and you feel both at times. But here's one of the things. If you find yourself saying, I know that my baby brother or my baby sister is the favorite, like, don't allow yourself to be like Joseph's brother and hate to come out of you. Like, don't allow that. But we see here that his brothers hated him for it because he was the clear favorite. So in verse 5, it goes on. It says, now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheaf, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bound down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. There it is. Joseph is displaying pride. And maybe you've been there too. This is 
This story right here is Ryan Shumway flaunting his honors cords in front of his sister. So Joseph has this dream, and in the dream, his brothers are working, and they, they set up their sheaves, and all of a sudden, his, you know, his brothers are working, and they set up individual ones, and then his is standing there, and all of a sudden, in his dream, all of the other ones bow down to his sheaf, to his, like, bundle of uh, crops. And he has this dream, and then he has the audacity because of his pride to go, hey, bros, I know you guys hate me, and this is going to make you hate me even more. Hey, check this out. I had this dream, and you guys, pretty much, he says, you all bowed down to me. Like, what pride he has to share that, to know that his brothers despise him because he's the favorite, only to add fuel to the fire. And I think as we look at our lives, we do this, especially with, with, with our brothers and our sisters, but even with our friend groups. We're constantly saying, hey, don't forget what I did. Don't forget how, how I accomplished that thing that you never did. You know, be careful as you're posting things. Be careful that you're not putting it out there with the hopes that others will feel bad because they did not accomplish what you accomplished, that they do not drive what you drive, that they do not have the vacation that you have. Make sure you're not doing these things in a prideful way, students, because very easily pride can well up in us and we just put it out there and it causes others to resent us for it, like we see in Joseph's life. So it goes on in verse 9. Then he dreamed another dream. And he told it to his brothers. And he says, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, the 11 stars were bowing down to me. But when he told this to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the saying in his mind. And so in this moment, he continues to press the subject. And he's like, God, I know you hate me and you're going to hate me more for this. But I had another dream where not just you guys, but mom and dad bowed down to me too. And in this moment, I love it. Israel does what a good father should do. And he, he calls him out on it. He rebukes him. He says, hey, son, no, 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 no. You can't be doing that. And his brothers resented him even more for it. And so this pride, like, it's at this point where, where Joseph has just said, hey, I know my brothers hate me, and so now my goal is for them to hate me even more. And we do that oftentimes to our haters. We go, you know what? If they're going to hate me, I'm going to give them even more reasons to hate me. I'm going to flaunt what I've done, my accomplishments, my status. I'm going to flaunt that so that they hate me even more. And guys, it's a sin of pride. And it's dangerous. So we see as it continues on, verse 12, it says, Now his brothers now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he, he said to them, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring, my, uh, bring me word. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the fields. And the man asked him, what are you seeking? I'm seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where are they pasturing the flock? And the man said, they have gone away. For I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. 
And Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. And so once again here, like we see who Joseph is. Like think about this. The brothers are out tending to the flocks. And who's not there? Who's not doing the work in that moment? It's Joseph. He's at home living the the favorite son life. And so I don't know what his intentions are here, but his dad says, hey, go check in on your brothers. Go check in on the work and the flocks and just all that's going on out there. And so he goes out and he finds that they're in a new place. In verse 18, he says, "They they saw him from afar. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what becomes of his dreams. And so here we see what this, what this relationship looks like as they begin to see Joseph coming. They plot to kill him. They devise a plan to say, hey, this brother of ours, like this guy that we hate so much, the one who's always pushing his, you know, the the fact that he's the favorite in our faces, this prideful one, let's just, let's just be rid of him. Let's kill him and let's find a way to cover it up. Like this is something that, that pride is leading to, but what we're starting to see is it's not just Joseph's pride, but it's also the pride of his brothers. And when you, when you mix those two together, it's always going to end in a really negative way. So we see the plot and the plan to kill Joseph. And then the oldest brother, Reuben, verse 21. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him that he might rescue him out of their hands and restore him to his father. And so a little backstory on this. Reuben, the oldest son, the one, you know, in, 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 in Hebrew culture, in Israelite culture, the Jewish people, the oldest son had extra rights and extra privileges. And so Reuben is that son, but what we don't realize from this story is earlier, Reuben found himself... In a, in, a, in a situation where he uh, slept with one of his stepmoms, okay? Weird stuff happened in the Bible sometimes. A lot of sin, a lot of craziness. But Reuben does that, and his dad finds out, and his dad now has, there's, there's something between him and his dad. And so Reuben devises his plan. He says, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in this pit over here and figure out what to do with him. We'll just maybe just leave him there. But Reuben, in the back of his head, goes, what I'm going to do is when my brothers leave, I'm going to go rescue him. My brothers are going to go home and tell, them, tell dad something happened to him, but I'm going to be the hero that brings home the favorite son. I'm going to be the knight in shining armor that brings home the favorite son to dad, and dad is going to restore me for the things that I've done in the past. He's going to forgive me and restore me as the oldest son. And so we see here Reuben, he doesn't care about Joseph. He only cares about himself. He doesn't want to save his brother because it's saving his brother. He wants to save his brother because it's going to help him regain the status that he had. It's a sin of pride. It's only caring about self. This is selfish pride that we see. He's worried about himself and himself alone. And so he devises this plan. 
But as we get into verse 23, I don't know what happens if Reuben goes to get something to eat or if he separates himself. But in verse 23, it says, so when Joseph, I'm sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe and the robe, uh, the robe of many colors that he wore. And they took him and they threw him into the pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. So they, they execute this plan that Reuben had, and then it goes on. Verse 25, Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profits is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and not let our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh, and his brothers listened to him. And the Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. And so at some point, Reuben kind of finds his way off, and now Judah comes up with his own idea. And he goes, hold on a second, we're not going to leave him in this pit to die, I've got a better idea. Let's gain monetarily from him. There's a caravan coming. Let's see if we can sell him to these people coming, and maybe we get rid of our problem, and we also make some money on the deal. And so he shares this with his brothers, and all of the brothers go, you know what, that doesn't sound too bad. And so not only does their hate consume them, their pride consumes them, and now they go, mm, hey, we can make a buck off of this as well. And all of this comes back to selfish pride. They see Joseph. They want to get rid of him. And they decide to kill him. And then they decide, maybe that's a little bit harsh. We'll just throw him in this pit. And one brother goes, I've got a plan for that that's going to help me. He wanders off. And the other brothers go, hold on a second. No, we'll pull him out, sell him, make some money on the deal, and get rid of our problem in the meantime. And so we see from this that the the the. People come and they buy him. The Ishmaelites come and they buy him. And it's for 20 shekels of silver. And so this wasn't a whole lot of money. Modern day, this is maybe, you know, there's some, some d disagreement, but it's somewhere maybe around 300 bucks. Now you have to keep in mind that Joseph had 11 other brothers. And so when, you know, 300 bucks nowadays, that's not bad. But once you split that up between all the brothers, that's not a whole lot of money. And so it shows us how much hate they had for him. They didn't barter. They were just like, how much? Done. And they sold their brother into slavery to get rid of him. Their own selfish pride. They couldn't get over the fact that he was the favorite son. And students, I think that that's where we are sometimes as well. Pride doesn't get us in flaunting our abilities and flaunting our things. Pride gets us in being jealous of others. We go, well, why do they have that? I should have something like that. Why is she driving that car? I deserve a car like that. Why is she dating that guy? Why is he dating her? I deserve to date that person. And that really comes out as because of pride as well. It's a selfish pride. We look at ourselves. Our pride comes out because we see everyone else and we wonder why we don't deserve something like that. You go, I've done enough. I've worked hard enough. I look good enough. I work out enough. I do all these things, and I should have the things that other people have. And I think we find ourselves in this place a lot. 
You know, when somebody has something great that happens, maybe it's a good friend, maybe it's a best friend, maybe it's an older sibling or a younger sibling. When they have that accomplishment or that achievement, or for some, of, for some of you, like as you're getting into that school or you got that ACT score, like you go, you're not happy for them. You're now immediately wishing that you had that because you think more highly of yourself than you do those people. Students, it's a sin of pride. And it's something that we all constantly deal with in a variety of different ways. And it's the same for Joseph and it's the same for his brothers. And so we see that he's sold off. He's sold off into slavery, and they think that their their problem is is taken care of. And so it says, verse 29, you know, Reuben's gone off, and he doesn't realize what's happening at this point. He's thinking, like, man, dad's going to love me again. I'm going to be restored. I'm going to oldest son privileges. And he probably, I I, I can only imagine what he's thinking as he's walking back to his brother's. And it says in verse 29, when Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes. This is something that we see a lot in Old Testament when someone is frustrated, when they're sad, when they're experiencing turmoil, they tear their clothes. We'll see it later on as well in like pouring on, like this is like frustration. Like I'm glad that we've kind of strayed away from that. Like when we get frustrated, we're not like, ah, and tear our clothes off. But that's what Reuben finds himself doing here. He finds his brothers not in the pit, and he tore his clothes. And he returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone, and I, where shall I go? He realizes his brother, his plan to restore himself is gone. And immediately, he's worried once again about himself. You see it, students? He said, The boy is gone, and I, Where shall I go? He's like, that was the thing that was going to get me right with dad. And it's gone. What about me? And I think we ask ourselves this question. We say this to ourselves. We may not realize it, but this happens all the time, students. What about me? She gets the homecoming date. He gets the car. She kicks the winning goal. He scores the touchdown, shoots the three-pointer at the buzzer to win it. And you go, what about me? And we can't celebrate others. We can't see the situation clearly. Reuben can't see that his brother, his flesh and blood, his brother, has been sold off into slavery that he was willingly a part of, this whole plan. All we focus on in these moments, students, leaders, all we focus on these moments is, but what about me? And it's a sin of pride. We can only focus so much on ourselves. We can't celebrate with our friends. We can't mourn with our family because all we do at times is focus on ourselves. And it's the same for Joseph, and it's the same for his brothers. Joseph's so focused on himself, he doesn't care enough about his brothers to have compassion on them to realize like, hey, I am the favorite and I'm not going to use that against you. I'm going to use that for you. Like I'm going to talk to mom and dad and say, hey, like Christmas time, throw some of my presents there because it's kind of awkward when I have 20 and they have two. 
Like, kick him over their way. He has the opportunity to do that. He has the influence because he's the favorite child. And the brothers, they should be happy for him. Hey, you're the favorite brother. It's not me, but that's great for you because you're my brother and I love you as well. But the sin of pride destroys once again. So now Reuben, what about me? The other brothers, what about me? Joseph, what about me? And now they have to deliver the news to their father that something, that something happened to the favorite child that they know that they were a part of. Verse 31. Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered the goat and dipped the, blood, uh, dipped the robe in blood. And they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it's your son's robe or not. And he identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without a doubt torn to pieces. And so this is the cover-up. The brothers realize what they've done. Their pride's gotten to the best of them. They have sold their brother into slavery, and now they have to devise a lie. They have to devise a plan to cover it up. So they create this lie that they're going to take the coat that dad gave him to, to show his favoritism, and they're going to douse it in blood. They're going to tear it to shreds, and they're going to send it home and let dad connect the dots. And when dad connects the dots, and he goes back and he goes, guys, did Joseph get devoured? Like, what happened here? It looks like, was he just brutally killed? They're going to be like, yeah, that, that's what happened, dad. You were right. They're devising a new plan, a lie to cover up their sin of pride. And the snowball gets bigger, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger. And dad is distraught because his favorite son is without doubt torn to pieces. Verse 34, then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, no, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. And so we see here, Jacob, Israel, same guy. He begins to realize that his son is gone. And we see from this, he begins to mourn. And in the Old Testament, we see this a lot. When people are mourning, when they're lamenting, they tear their clothes, they put on sackcloth, and they mourn. And people try to come and comfort him, but he does not receive that comfort. Because, let's be honest, the son that he loved the most is now gone. And in verse 36, we see meanwhile, I love that word when we see that in the Bible, it, it lets us know like, hey, as this is going on, God's working on something else. It says, meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. And the beauty of that is it tells us that Joseph's story is not over. God has something more in plan for him. We'll get that to that next week. But as we, as we look back, I think one of the things that we have to look, we have to identify what our own pride looks like in our lives. We have to look at Joseph. Do you align with Joseph? 
Do you find yourself having some of these, these accomplishments, having some of these possessions, and because of it, you flaunt it with the hopes of belittling others, making more of yourself? Do you align with Joseph? Are you like Ryan and flaunting his gold tassels? It's a sin of pride. Or are you like the brothers? Are you like Reuben and Judah and the other brothers who say, I hate you so much that I have to do whatever I can to not be happy for you, to not be excited for your accomplishments, to not help you out so much that that pride turns into hate. And that hate leads you to greater and more depth of sin. I believe, students, that you're not selling family members, that you're not wishing them to be dead. But I think what we do is we start to go, man, I hope they don't. They're lining up for the game-winning kick, and we go, man, I miss it. Miss it. When you hear that they want to go to prom or to homecoming with that guy or that girl, you're going like, oh, my goodness, I hope that they don't. When you see them in their nice new car, you go, man, I hope they wreck it. They're gonna, she drives so terrible. Man, he drives so fast, they're gonna wreck it. I hope they do. They'll learn their lesson. Are you there? And I think the hard part is, I think we bounce back and forth between these two. There are times where we align with Joseph and that there are times where we align with the brothers. And oftentimes, if we allow it, we just jump back and forth in our own pride and and flaunting the things that we have and then wishing that others would fall, wishing that others would fail so that it would continue to propel us further and further and further. And it just grows and it grows and grows and it leads us to a point like it led Joseph and his brothers where they said, I just want to be done with you. Like we can do that in our relationships where people go, I just can't stand the way that you act so much. I just want to be done with you. And we lose relationships over it because we are only asking, what about me? One of the things that I realized as we're in this series is that no matter where we're at, whether you're like Joseph or his brothers or a combination of the two, pride always leads us to disappointment. We may feel good about it in the moment. I bet Joseph felt really good as he's sharing this news with his brothers. Look at me. Look at this dream that I had. But I believe shortly thereafter, he started to feel the weight of that. He started to feel the weight and the ramifications of his pride as his brothers despised him for it. And I believe that the brothers, we'll even see it in future weeks, that the brothers feel the weight of their pride and the hate that manifests from that pride that they have towards their brother. They feel it as well. Students, pride always leads us to disappointment. We are always disappointed when we engage in pride. So the solution to this, the solution to this doesn't come in the text that we've seen today, but it comes thousands of years later in the person of Jesus Christ who came to this earth, who lived a life absent of pride, a life full of humility, where he wanted to elevate others, and when they were elevated, he celebrated that. 
so much that he was the servant of all. He came as the king of heaven to earth to serve others in complete humility. The way that we erase our pride is we become more like Jesus and we display humility in our lives so that when they get that car, we go, man, I am so excited for you. Can you take me for a ride? I'm so excited for you. Oh my goodness, you asked her and she said, yes? That's awesome, dude. I'm so excited for you. Can, can, can I be in your party for the dance so that we can go and have a fun time together? That's awesome. You, oh my goodness, you earned an honors diploma. You got into that school. You got that ACT score. Oh my goodness, you've done something I've never done, and I'm so happy for you. That's going to help you out in your future. That's going to do so much for you. God is going to use that. We display humility. We are in constant service to our family, and to our friends. And when they have that big moment, when they post that, we like it because we authentically are happy for them. We comment, I am so thrilled, like I'm just, I'm so happy for you. We call them, we engage with them. We celebrate with them. When bad things happen, we comfort them. It's a display of humility. And this king of heaven did that. He came to this earth. The king of heaven comes to earth, puts on flesh. He's the God-man and lives a life of humility. Could have come and lived like the richest king that's ever lived. But he said, no, I'm coming to serve. I'm coming to help. I'm coming to provide a solution to a problem that exists. He knew about this. Jesus knew about this. He knew about our pride as well. And he came and he says, I've got a solution. It's called humility. And I'm going to live in it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to show you that it's possible because of me. And he dies for our sins, for our pride, for Joseph's pride, for your friend's pride, for your mom and dad's pride, for your big brother, your little sister's pride. Jesus dies for that, for all sins. He says, it's finished. And then he gives us his Holy Spirit that when we decide to follow Jesus as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our lives, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit identifies that pride in our life and it starts to remove it and it replaces it with humility, the humility of Jesus. And so students, leaders, tonight, where are you at? Are you with Joseph? Are you with his brothers? Are you pursuing Jesus? Our prayer needs to be, hey, Jesus, man, you've revealed this to my life. I've seen it in my own life numerous times over the last couple months. And we need to pray and say, hey, help me to be more like Jesus. Help me to celebrate their victories. Help me to mourn their losses. Help me to be more like Jesus. Remove this pride from my life that destroys fill it with humility the humility of your son that needs to be our prayer students that needs to be what we're going after humility just like Jesus displayed let's pray Father God God I thank you that as we see these things in our lives and we become disappointed with the things that we've done and the ways that we've acted, I thank you that you have a solution for that. 
that we don't just come to this realization that we're just a mess and there's not a solution. Father, thank you for sending that solution in Jesus. Father, I pray that you would help all of us, myself foremost, to identify the pride in our lives. Father, whether it's outward and we see it or it's buried so deep that we may miss it, Father, help us to to see that. I pray that your spirit would draw that out of us, that we would see it, that we would give it to you and your spirit would fill us with humility. Father, that we would become more like your son, that we would become more like Jesus every single day. Lord, help us to see these things. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for these accounts of these people that we can connect with so well. Father, let it take us even more to Jesus, to give it to him, to give it to you, and watch you lead us in life and in the seasons where we're disappointed. Father, that your will would be done. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Green Student Ministries High School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at gsm at thechapel.life or follow us on Instagram at Green Student Ministries. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.